Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello all and welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, as you may have heard in the last couple of shows, we've a new step-by-step online course called Work Your Way. It's the ultimate guide to going it alone, featuring over 80 bite-sized lectures and supported by exercises, worksheets, and online discussion. Frankly, it's everything we know about starting, growing, or rejuvenating a one-person business. Head to solism.com and use the promo code PODCAST for a nice little intro discount. Okay, now look, my guest today is David Shire, who has had over 20 years' experience in banking, finance, technology, and training. And yes, he knows a bit about money, how to make it, and importantly, how to hang on to it. So, David, let's imagine we're just not making money in our business, and we're somewhat over it. What's the plan? And welcome. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Um, yeah, thank you for the, the time to uh, have, a, have a talk about this. Um, I guess, for me, uh, I've spent a lot of time with uh, business owners in that uh, small space solo operator uh, context, mm. and um, one of the things I found there is that uh, a lot of business owners I've spoken to they spend seem to spend a lot of time working but not making enough money out of their business. Sadly, and, that's um, true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's just for me, it's one of those things I've developed some conversations and uh, pieces of uh, uh, the puzzle around understanding where the money comes from and where it goes to and, and things like that that allow us to develop a um, a way to understand how a business operates in that financial context. And it's really in, in that space what I want to talk about today is in that solo solo operator um, space about making money. Sure. So before we, before we get going, what you're, you talk to a number of businesses. I know you've been doing this for you know, a good number of years as well. Generally, what, how would you sort of summarize the sort of financial um, uh, kind of intelligence or awareness of, of most small businesses? Do you think we're doing okay or what's your thought? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess if you come purely from an accounting or, or banking uh, context, you would, I guess the common theme would be is that most business owners have no idea about finances. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, as, a, as a small business uh, and solo operator myself, I've also... Uh, you know, understand some things around the financial, but there's also a lot of things that you kind of think, well, I, I don't fully understand the full accounting side of it, and I just want to get on and sell my product, sell my mm. service, 
Um, and that's really where the focus is, and, and that's where I believe it should be. So I think fully understanding all of the financials is not necessarily a um, is the right thing to do, especially in that smaller, um, even solo operator space. So that's why I really have developed some conversations to so what what are the key things that you need to understand from a a small business owner's perspective that's that's important for you. Yeah, okay. Because it's you know just before uh, I I won't keep interrupting you all the way through, but it's it's so interesting when you you know when you talk to a a relatively new sort of startup business and I remember talking to one recently a, a person who was working in the sort of fitness area and mm. uh, was just so delighted that uh, she, she was making I forget what it was now I think $120 an hour or something doing these courses oh my god I've only you know I've done three hours work today look what I've got and um you know, and it's like, well, yeah, that that's good, but, but you know, how much work does it take to get that? And what about all the other hours? You know, it's so easy when we look at an hourly rate or even a project and go, wow, you know, yes. look at all the money I've made from that. But then, do you factor in actually what it takes to get that? Anyway, basic stuff I'm talking about. I know I'll shut up now. So okay, <laughs> so where where should we start? How do we approach this from um, from sort of your position? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Um, and that, that's exactly the, the the right thing. It's it's about um, you know businesses to if they don't get these parts right, you know they do fail. And and as we know, we've seen the statistics over and over again. Mm. You know about how many businesses don't survive the first one, two, or three years. And uh, you know I've, I've really got a desire to stop that from failing. So really, what I what I want to work towards is um, how do you work out your, your break even point in your business mm. without going into all of the accounting side of things. And the the outcome that that I want to have from the conversation is once you understand the key components of that is really understanding how much uh, work needs to happen for you to put some money in your pocket and, and make the business survive. So if it's in the in the case of your uh, business there in the fitness industry and they've said they've got three hours, that's you know that's fantastic, you know, um, and and understanding the hours that have gone into to make that, but. I guess understand well how many hours or how many billable hours need to happen every day um, mm. to achieve a financial goal at the end of the year. You know, I've spoken to many yeah, business owners that just you know they they might make you know twenty thirty thousand a year as as a net profit or that's what they put into their um, you know take take out of their business. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, so I really wanted to start with uh, looking at the, um, you know, understanding how do you work out your break-even even point. So I've broken it down into a few steps Perfect. Um, that uh, just sort of, if we break it down into small sections, then uh, hopefully it's a bit easier to uh, understand that without feeling uh, overwhelmed. Yeah, and, um, I like the sound <laughs> of that. Okay, far and, away. And we keep we keep the the accounting uh, terms really to a minimum. And this is just really what the uh, business owner wants to focus on is is you know how many sessions they need to be selling every day or that they need to be completing every day that they can invoice customers for or collect the cash. Yeah. And uh, and we go from there. So really, the first step. That I look at in that one is um, is really understanding your um, how much money do you want to make out of your business, you know, over the next twelve months or, or whatever period of time. And uh, it's it's you, you know from that obviously you come in from a, a budgeting perspective. You look at other uh, income sources if you're you know in a, in a relationship with someone else that is earning a steady income, um, yep. or if you're on your on your own, um, you know, there's different things that uh, you need to. I guess factor into into that side of it. So I guess if you set yourself a goal and say, look, this is what I'd like to achieve, um, you know, keep it realistic. You know, when you're first starting in business, um, you know, I think the you know a, a good goal to have, generally speaking, is you know have about two to three years worth of living expenses covered. 
um, well and truly covered. Um, that way it gives you the time to develop your product, your service, or get out there and do your marketing and things like that. Okay, um, can I just dive in there for a couple of points? Sure. So when you say how much do you want to make, so as you say, looking at it maybe over a year, Yep. Are you? Do you talk in terms of how much do you want to put in your pocket after you've paid all your expenses? Yes. yes. Okay. So, how much do you want in your pocket after you've paid all the costs of your internet and your overheads in your office and materials and whatever? And then, that's right. Okay. Then, then another question I've got: where you said um, have two to three years of living expenses. Mm-hmm. So, could you explain that a little bit further? What What do you mean? What What exactly? How much do we need to be allowing for that? Yeah, sure. That, that's your ideal scenario. I know yep. uh, most most business owners uh, that I talk to, it's like, I've got an idea over Christmas, start a new year, <laughs> let's start yep. a new business, I can do that. Um, and I haven't sort of really considered how long, or you think, oh, I might have six months worth of living expenses covered, and yep, it, it'll be all right. So mm. I guess just from experience talking to a lot of business owners um, and going through experiences myself, um, you know, if I have, um, you know, two to, two to three years worth of my living expenses at home covered, then I know that I've got the time to develop my product um, or service and and do my marketing and things like that. Now, it may may only take three months or six months to actually get the business off the ground. But if it doesn't or something happens Mm -hmm. um, invariably, uh, you know, as we know, for a lot of business owners, you know, been through this where it's just like there are tough times. um, And it's if you have that stress, without that stress of, uh, you know, can I pay the rent or pay the mortgage and put food on the table or if you're supporting the family, uh, things like that. So I, I call it the, the pay yourself first part. Um, yep. And that's why I start with that conversation first. So why are you doing the business and how much are you really wanting to get out of it? Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, okay. Um, well, I think such a, such a great point and, and totally I'd in, endorse what you're saying is that so frequently the, um, the conversations I have, particularly with startup businesses, is that uh, what I often hear is it just takes them a lot longer than they anticipate to actually start getting some revenue. So what you're saying is then make sure you've got reserves because as we both know, as we all know, there's nothing worse than trying to promote and sell a business when you're when you are anxious about money, because Correct. it's kind of it's almost like someone slapped a little sign in the middle of your forehead. It it impacts every conversation, every piece of dialogue. Okay, yes. so that was point one. How much work out? How much you want to actually uh, take out of your business over a year? Make sure you've got some reserves put aside, ideally two to three years, so that if the business takes longer, you've you know you're 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 not going to stress in the in the interim. So where to where to next is our next sort of step yeah great so just to finish off that part of it uh, yep. that's I, I think about that's your net amount that you want to achieve um you know as personal income from the business um, because of the way business structures are set up um, obviously there's conversation about tax and things that you need to have with your accountant so what i generally do is add a a, a notional figure of about 20 percent on top of that net figure so let's say i want to you know, pull in about, uh, you know, say $1,000 a week or $52,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so on top of that, I'd add about 20% um, or add, add a 20% figure on top of that. So that's what I really want the business to be generating to pay for tax or cover the tax and superannuation and things like that. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, then, so, so I end up, you know, so essentially end up with a you know, a figure there of, um, you know, I think it's around about $65,000, $70,000, something like that okay. is what the business needs to, to basically fund me to, to be in the business, running it, working it and selling it and, and everything else. So, 
Good. All right. Nice. Very, very clear. Thank you. So we're all right. We've got that first stage. We've got our net. <clears throat> We've added 20% to allow for tax and various other sort of ex related expenses. So yep. now where? Yeah, great. So this, the, the next part that we look at then is uh, start delving into the business side of it. So I take the focus off being personal. So what's the business going to look like financially? So in that structure, we look at uh, the, what I call the fixed expenses part of the business. So these are the things that we need to to cover off on a you know on a weekly, monthly, annual basis. So things like insurance, um, things like you know uh, your, your car uh, expenses, fuel, uh, marketing costs, you know website hosting, telephone. Yeah. All those sorts of things. If you've been in business and you've used an accountant um, in, in the past few years and you've got a list of your profit and loss statement, uh, generally all of the operating expenses, as, as a general rule, I'd call as, as fixed expenses. Uh, the terminology there talks about fixed expenses generally means it's what is going to be need to be spent to um, make the business uh, run, regardless of how many sales that you make. Yes, okay. Um, this, yeah. is, this is what you need in, in order to kind of open your doors or your metaphorical doors. And, and keep it open too, yeah. Robert. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. yeah, so just sort of each, each year we know we've got to spend money to, you know, have the services that we need with internet and hosting and, you know, the car and things like that, that we can do that. Now, absolutely, there's going to be some overlap um, and we're going to delve a bit more into detail when we talk about um, – you know, what I call variable expenses um, and the direct cost of a, a particular product or service that we're trying to sell. Um, so what I generally do is just for the, to keep it really simple is is pretty much everything that's what's classed as an operating expense from a profit and loss um, or just things that I know that need to be spent. I just do a budget for those and think, well, what, what am I going to be spending this year in those particular um, expense categories? Yep. And I just treat them as fixed expenses. There's absolutely some overlap. So if I'm selling more, I might, I might have more marketing expense or I might have a higher fuel component in my car. Um, so technically, it might be variable if you look at the, the actual amount. So I take out the, the amount as being uh, not my classification on whether it's fixed or a variable expense, if that okay. makes sense. Yes. It, yeah. Okay. Got you. Yeah. So what I want to do is just allow it to uh, say, well, look, th these are things that I know I, I want to put money towards over the next 12 months that will you know, keep my business operating. Um, if there's something to do with my particular product or service where there's direct cost, um, then I'm going to add that into the next part or the third part of my uh, conversation that we're having today. Okay. So, uh, yeah. just, uh, just let me just pause you there for one sec. Again, I'm just thinking of somebody um, listening who might be a complete startup. So, as you said a few moments ago, if you've been running for a little while, then you will have your accounts from a past year and there you'll basically have all your headings, you know, yes. a reminder, if you like, of all those things that are your fixed expenses. But for yep. somebody that is, a, that is a complete startup, and I remember, you know, gosh, it was a number of years, a few de good few decades yes. ago when I started mine. And, um, and I went through my version of this and thinking of what my sort of fixed expenses were. But then, of course, as I got started, I hadn't considered, you know, this particular thing, I hadn't considered that one. So mm. for, for somebody who doesn't have those kind of past accounts, um, mm. is there somewhere easy that where we can sort of find a list of all of these um, likely fixed expenses? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of places you could go to. Um, I know on the um, ATO website, the Australian Tax Office website, yeah. there is um, a benchmarking tool and it gives you okay. a a list of some of the key categories of expenses for businesses in potentially your industry. I don't think it's got every industry in there, but it's got quite a few. Sure. And there'd um, certainly be a good sort of thought starter to say, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, yeah. gotcha, perfect. Um, and, the, and the other the other place to go to is, is um, maybe ring up a bookkeeper. Um, if mm. there's, there's lots of them around, and just ask them and say, look, you know, maybe spend some money with them and say, look, can you sit down with me for an hour and, and work out what, um, you know, expenses I might have in my business as a startup. Um, yeah, that's a great idea. And look for 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 the vast majority of businesses, they're going to want to have a. A bookkeeper relationship pretty early on and um, certainly my experience of bookkeepers and we've got many many rather wonderful ones in our directory on flying seller they are very generous people who will certainly sit down and spend a bit of time with you because you know they know the importance of a of a good relationship so that's right all right so that's terrific that's that's fixed expenses so let's imagine we've gone through that process um (laughs) what's where to next yeah, great. So then what I do is delve into the the next part, which is, I guess, understanding my product or my service um, uh, offering and what am I selling it for and what's, if there's any direct cost to that. Um, and that sort of then sets up my whole basis for working out the break-even and, and converting it into a number of, of items that need to be sold uh, for that, for that mm. particular product or service. So, um, you know, it, it can range across, you know, in, anything that you are selling and, you um, if, for example, if you are selling a you know a particular item or a product um, that you need to send out to someone um, or, or deliver to someone, um, or they might come in and purchase it, you know it, it's potentially something that you've obviously, or I'd say, uh, purchased from somewhere else, uh, from a, a manufacturer, and you're the wholesale or the retailer you put maybe comes through a wholesaler, things like that. So there's a there's a direct cost to that. So that's where you sort of work out your pricing. What is where you work out your pricing? And then you can determine whether that particular product um, is in line with um, that, um, you know, obviously if it's making the market, money. And, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's different ways around pricing. There's a, there's a whole different conversation, yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's just go back to Sally, our personal trainer, who I sort of sure. mentioned a few moments ago. Um, so let's take her situation where she's charging – $120, pretty sure that's what it is, um, yeah. per session, how would yes. she then sort of tackle this point? What 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 kind of figure would she be writing down? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so in that, so if she was doing a, um, a training session, um, so the, the sale amount that she charges would be $120. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, for the purpose for these uh, conversations, I just leave out the GST component because sure. not every business charges GST. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I consider GST then as a you know, something that we pay to the government. Sure. Yes, in your expenses, you can offset GST, but talk to your accountant in that. Um, but that means potentially better cash flow. So if I leave GST out of the okay. uh, conversation for this part, um, it, whether you do GST or not, sort of doesn't it, it works itself out down the track anyway. Gotcha. All right. So let's say we do a, a training session. The amount there is $120 per session. Yep. And she works with a client just for that one session or maybe a group of sessions. And um, then she considers, is there any direct cost in that? So if it's just her time she's putting in, I would say there's no direct cost in terms of um, of, of that. Yeah. If she was eventually getting to a stage where she may be hiring another trainer to come in and do some things and maybe paying that trainer sure. $80 for the session and she's making the you know the $40 on top, then you'd, you'd put in a direct cost of, of $80 in that case. Yeah, okay, gotcha. So, so if she were, similarly, if she were paying studio hire um, for that duration, that would come in as that direct cost. But for, to keep it simple today, it just, yeah. just so happens that Sally does yeah. all her work outside. So let's say there's no direct cost. So where does she go next? 
Yeah, great. So <clears throat> if she was doing $120 uh, per hour, yeah. um, and, you know, if there was a, a direct cost in there, absolutely, we could say it was, you know, $20 to hire the, the, the room for that particular session, then mm-hmm. that would be direct cost. If she paid like a weekly uh, room hire and she had, you know, she could use it as much as, you know, 10 sessions or, or how many sessions she wanted, um, then that would be classed as a fixed expense. Got you. I'd put okay. that into a fixed expense because you're kind of paying for the, the, the room regardless of how many um, sessions. So if yeah, you can directly gotcha. relate the cost to that particular um, service or product, then that, that would um, work that out. So, yeah, so basically what happens then is we can then work out the, uh, the break-even point. Um, so, you know, let's say uh, Sally wanted to do, um, you know, let's say she wanted to take $1,000 a week home in a pocket yep. on average. Yep. Um, obviously, it won't be like that every week, but let's say that's what you wanted to aim for. You know, let's say, I'll just pick a number for argument's sake, mm. um, uh, you know, other business expenses. So, um, you know, let's say, uh, you know, maybe another $10,000 just for marketing and, and just sort of running a business, you know, Fairly efficiently. Yep. Um, on top of that, so let's say she needs about seventy-five thousand, seventy-six thousand dollars a year um, to do that. Yep. To to run a business. So what we can do is do a do some calculations around that. So we now know that she, if she does one hundred and twenty dollars a session, and um, to cover all of the other expenses in a business, um, she needs the seventy-six thousand um, dollars. So basically, what it comes down to is she needs to run six hundred. I've just done a little calculation here: six hundred and six hundred and thirty sessions in a twelve-month period to to um, get the to, to get the living that she wants. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's so that's the real exciting and powerful mm. part of the conversation mm. is now she's got a clear number um, on on how many she needs to run. So um, you know, so yeah. she could break that down into you know weekly amounts um, and uh, or daily amounts. So it's you know roughly you know if she does it over takes some holidays and and public holidays into consideration, she probably needs about thirteen fourteen sessions per week off that. Um, yeah. You know to to uh, be to be run the business effectively so now it becomes a more tangible figure so how do i find 13 14 clients a week um to do that or can i you know get 20 clients a week for a few weeks and sort of really build up some momentum and things like that fantastic i'm gonna have to get sally to listen to this episode aren't i but um, (laughs) thank you for for taking that one through so sort of comprehensively and i guess again you know what that reminds me of i get so many conversations that i've had over the years with people that start off at that point where i mean let's let's keep using sally as an example where they're just unrealistic you know the truth is if you're whether you're working as a as a business consultant as a coach as a trainer as a nutritionist as a physiotherapist you know we we sometimes start with oh okay i can do this for six hours a day five days a week i'm going to be so wealthy and then you sort of get into that business and you realize a that it's exhausting to you know just to you can't generally stack sort of one client directly up against the next and and very few businesses anyway and what what often i find that that um, people aren't allowing is enough time for marketing you know i remember when i ran um my sort of one-on-one coaching business which is you know 15 years ago now um, it took me a while before I realized it took me three days of marketing, or the equivalent thereof, three days of marketing to fill one day with coaching. Mm. You know, and, but at the start, I, did, I didn't think that at all because at the start, you know, I had a good bit yeah. of publicity. The phone started ringing and I thought, how easy is this? But um, it's, and yeah. you must come across that a great deal, presumably, where people yes. were just somewhat unrealistic. 
Yes, oh, absolutely. I see see it a, a lot. Um, another example I just had recently was a, a a business I was working with, and they had um, they were manufacturing a, a new. They've invented something new to help uh, old people from stop rolling out of bed, um, and uh, they're well connected into the the aged care um, community. So they you know they good good product. Um, their price point was okay, and um, you know they had a great market to get into. Obviously with aging population, so there's a lot of ticks in the right boxes. Mm. Uh, they were getting it manufactured overseas because it was slightly cheaper than, than manufacturing locally. And what they did was um, we went through this conversation and she, you know, she was sort of roughly wanting to say, look, if I just, you know, get my 50 grand or so a year, I'm happy with that. Um, and so we worked out she needed to sell about 3,000 of these devices um, uh, in, in a 12-month period to break even and and um, and do that. And then she was mm. like, oh, the problem I've got is um, my where I get it manufactured is uh, is my relative who lives in in, in another country, um, and they said that uh, they can only manufacture about six hundred a year. So there's Gosh. a big, big there's difference a big hole in, there. yeah. Yeah. So you know, she'd already been a few months into this uh, startup phase, and you know, invested a little bit of money into getting it up and running. But she was like very grateful, apart from being disappointed to start with, was very yeah. grateful to have the conversation now rather than you know at the end of this year yeah, where you know be. <clears throat> There's just no way we're gonna. It's just not a viable business. No, so, gosh. Okay. Yeah. So look, we've done we've done our um, we've done our net sort of revenue that we're looking to get. We've been through our fixed expenses. We've put our product and service offering through this. Uh, You've yep. used that great example of, of taking Sally's business through that. So yep. um, I know I've interrupted you, but <laughs> what's the next step? Yeah, great. So, um, sort of leading into the the last couple of parts of the mm. the conversation that we need to talk about. So, so uh, in a lot of business talks, they don't have one session. They might have you know different products or services they they can add in. So, you know, it's about understanding. Well, if if my only product was the was Sally sessions, then yes, that's what I would need to achieve. So it's. Yep. Probably good from a solo or a startup phase. You know, let's just focus on one or two things. Um, you know, I've been seen many business owners with many fingers and many pies, and have trying to sell lots of different things, seeing which one goes. Yep. Um, and uh, so this one, it sort of just really focuses on on that uh, one or two things. If you've got a few different products or services, what you can do is obviously combine them. And then what I do is set up some targeting uh, processes or calculations. So what we can do then is look at. Um, you know, so for instance, um, you know, for Sally, she might have, uh, you know, she might have some health products that she can sell through gotcha. um, as well. Yep. Um, and maybe for that, you know, for the purpose of this this conversation, we can just sort of do an average um, amount that would be a sale, an average price that a, a client would customer would pay when they buy a few things uh, from or after the, the session. So, um, you know, so so looking at a few different things that way, um, you know, we might say, well, you know, she only needs to generate 400 sessions of um, per year, yeah. um, you know, which reduces the amount of that because then she's upselling a, a sort gotcha. of products to it as well. Mm. So, um, you know, she might sell 200 products um, or 200 lots of products um, at an average price of maybe $80 or something like that. Um, and uh, and that just sort of then they can build that in, build in what targets they need to, to meet so they can still at least um, break even and, and get to, to that point. The other good thing too is then you're starting to work out is, um, you know, how long is it going to take to get there? Because you might say, well, if I want to generate $50,000 a year from the business, um, it might take a year before it even starts to make a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a retailer just yesterday and, um, you know, he's he's talking that two to three year, you know, where you're kind of just bouncing around and some months are better than others, but at the end of the year, you're kind of still just breaking even. Mm. Um, but, you know, as long as there's that growth and that's what, you know, looking at key 
um, the key results for his business is, you know, is, is growing. So, um, you know, he's on the right track and, and stepping towards the right thing. But yeah. still and that, to, that goes back again to, to a degree to that whole issue of reserves, isn't it? Is giving, we have correct. to give our businesses time to, <clears throat> to grow and, uh, you know, marketing, word of mouth, social media, yes. all these things, wonderful as they are, it takes time. So, okay. And just, I will just pick up one point as well that you mentioned, there is such a good point about this, this kind of add-ons, you know, other things that we can be selling. And again, I'm thinking particularly of the of, of a listener who's maybe just getting into a business and, and mm. you know, we think about their core sort of um, skill and knowledge, but often don't actually think enough about, okay, what else could I plug into this? You know, I think of a yoga place I go to and they've started selling yoga mats and yoga bags and, you know, it sounds so obvious and yet yeah. so many individuals don't do that sort of thing but mm. you know when you are that sort of trusted expert in whatever your area is if your trusted expert says and oh, look you really need to read this book and you need to or you need to use this particular mat or you need to um, have this particular sort of mm. extra service you know you listen to your <clears throat> your trusted expert and and there's a, a, a great additional revenue stream Exactly. Mm. That's you know, and that's the great thing, and that's why I love business so much because you can diversify and and do some different things, um, you know, as needed. You can build and grow on on something, but I guess the core thing is is all come back to what's your core product or service? Yeah. What's going to start getting some money ticking over? Then you can start to build build um, around it, build around that. You know, yeah. you learn as you learn as you grow um, in that in that context. So, okay, yeah, well, look, by my calculations, and I'm not as good as figures at you, but I reckon <laughs> we must be down to about the last point. Correct. Yes. Yep. So the the fifth um, conversation that I have then is now that I know my numbers of what I need to achieve each day or each week or each month in terms of my product or service that needs to be sold, then I can take that to my a marketing person or I can then start developing my marketing strategy in a, in a lot better way. So, you know, I can get a lot clearer about who my niche um, uh, or who my target client is, my ideal client. Um, I might be able to then have better conversations around getting my message out and be a lot more efficient with that marketing instead mm. of just going, well, here's, I do this service, I'll do fly, you know, the, you know, the, the letterbox drop, I'll put out flyers everywhere, yeah. I'll, you know, uh, <clears throat> advertise in the papers, I'll do the, the radio or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, instead of that blanket marketing, let's spend less money on, on that, but focus it on spend, maybe spend the money with a top marketing person who works in your industry um, and say, look, this is what I need to achieve. This is my product or service. Help me get it out there. And yeah, uh, then you. you've got some results. And you're not wasting marketing money with someone who says, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll fix up your SEO and you'll be ranking number one on Google. Mm. And um, well, that's great. But is that converting to sales? Um, you know, so now yeah. you've got some specific ways to track and measure what's happening in your business. And then you can have a lot more, I guess, powerful, engaging conversations with, you know, your key people around you, you know, even with your accountant and, and with your marketing people or, or sales people and, you know, whoever you're, you're connecting with to say, well, who's providing results for my business? Yeah. Um, so that's that's sort of, the, for me, the fifth step is then taking that into, well, this is where I really need to be spending my time. This is where business owners do spend their time, but let's be focused in that. And I know, well, this is my product service and this is how many need to be sold. Yeah, fantastic. And look, I think of that, I think, was it, um, is it that, I think, believe it's Paul Thoreau you know the world moves aside for the man who knows where he's going um, and I think that's so sort of applicable when it comes to having a good knowledge about about you know that you're suggesting here where we can have financial knowledge we can break that down into okay to get the the business that I want mm. I need this many sales 
I need to be doing is, you know, in through this sort of process, then, as you yeah. say, making sort of decisions on where should I be spending my marketing? What are the activities I need to be doing? Whereas the, 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 other, the other approach is that we start with a, you know, often brimming with enthusiasm and passion and excitement, miss yeah. out this whole kind of middle section, splurge mm. those reserves purely on marketing in yeah. many cases, um, and uh, without this bit in the middle, and then get sort of get to month three, four, or five, and think, well, okay, the money's gone. Um, where are the customers? You know, and it's so. Yeah. I, I, thank you so much. I, I love the way that you. You know, it's not easy to talk about finances um, as it is to sit down, you know, in in front of someone with a you know pen and paper and um, spreadsheets and so on. But um, I compliment you on, on how you've walked us through that. Um, I do also know that you're 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 making a bit of a generous offer to us. So, would you like to tell us about that? Oh yeah, yeah, great. Thanks, Robert. Yeah. So, what I've done is I've put together a series of uh, videos um, on our on the website called businessviabilitytools.com. Um, so you can access that for free. It's valued at ninety nine dollars, but um, it goes through all of those. Um, exact same conversations that we've had today so it breaks it down into short snippets of uh, information um, and then on the back of that there's also the opportunity to uh, download the spreadsheet that I use um, okay. so the videos match with what the spreadsheet template that you can then put your own business figures into mm. um, so it's uh, yeah so there's a discount for that if you use a, a discount code of flying solo um, you can get a discount off that um, off that spreadsheet to, to download. So that's at businessviabilitytools.com. That's right, businessviabilitytools.com. Yeah. Okay. And yep. if people listening have got would like to sort of have a quick word with you, they can contact you through your site as well. I'm sure. Yes, that's yeah. right. They can uh, yeah contact me through the site. Um, you can obviously look me up on LinkedIn as well as. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's all the usual the best channels. Ways. Yeah, okay. all the usual channels. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, look, David Shire, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Before we wrap up, let me just uh, remind people to check out Work Your Way, our new online course. The place to go is soloism.com, and don't forget to use our promo code on that one, which is podcast for a nice little intro discount. So, David Shire, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been great to talk us through that, and uh, I hope you have a, a great year yourself. And great. Thank, thank you, you for. Um, you know, kicking off this uh, the end of this first quarter so so confidently for our for our audience. So thank you. Great, thank you, Robert. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo: How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.